I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast. It is Victory Monday for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are headed home after a win over the Raiders in week three, a 23-18, to 18, excuse me, defeat on the West Coast the first time that they have beaten the Raiders on the road since 1995, a game that I think largely got Pittsburgh Steelers fans juiced that maybe this offense has finally arrived and that the defense, well, they look like they're getting better by the day, by the play, and by the week. It is a rainy day. It's been a rainy weekend here in the Berg, but I think that comes with fall. How you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Uh, it was a it was a long week back to back night games, but you know the gets a little easier when you get to to cover back to back wins. And and like you said, I mean these it's, it wasn't just I think last night, but I think uh, they proved something also against the Browns earlier in the week. And this was a bit of a continuation of of some good stuff, some upward trajectory for the Steelers uh, head after week three. Yeah, I, I think this is uh, this was much needed. You know, a a loss after a win to the Browns, and I think you somewhat null and void a division win you look at it and just say eh, well it's the browns you're gonna play the browns you're gonna play anybody in your division harder than you'll play the rest of the league the raiders were not good coming into this game the pittsburgh steelers continued to show that they are still not good uh for those who did not hear this is a great place to start before we dive into the pittsburgh steelers offense uh josh mcdaniels who made a crucial decision that led to plenty of questions at the end of the game. There was just about 2.20 left on the clock, 2.24, I believe. The Raiders are down eight points, one touchdown and two-point conversion. They had all three timeouts left, I believe. So at that point, you know, you're just trying to stop the Pittsburgh Steelers. When asked why he kicked a field goal on their own eight-yard line on fourth and four, he goes, quote, we would have needed another possession Anyways, so, you know, sometimes people forget and Steelers fans forget that, yeah, Mike Tomlin doesn't always make the greatest decisions and he's terrible at doing things like challenge, challenging plays and, you know, sometimes promoting offensive coordinators, but he doesn't do those things. And I think once in a while, you got to remind yourself that, well, he could do math and that's a, that's a huge part of the football game. Yeah. Like really simple. Like I, I so I understand what he's saying, but it's, that doesn't make yes. it any better. Like that's, no. that's the incredible thing. It's like, 
wow, you're you're technically right. You did need it if you wanted to win the game. You did need another possession, but you got to tie the game before you can try to win the game. Um, yes. And he was trying to just win the game right away, um, and he ended up losing the game. So ended up losing the game. Shout out Kenny Pickett. Shout out Matt Canada. That's a perfect transition here. The Pittsburgh Steelers put up 23 points last night, all offensively, which is yeah a huge something that you have to bring up at this point. It is Matt Canada's 10th game where the offense has scored more than 20 points, which is a milestone. We're getting places. At the same time, they put up 330 offensive yards just under what the Raiders did, but 17 first downs, and I believe their time of possession was 30 minutes, just over 30 minutes, 30 minutes and three seconds. They won the time of possession game. That's huge for what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done over the last three seasons with Matt Canada as offensive coordinator. Kenny Pickett throws a touchdown, throws at – I believe just one, two touchdowns, two 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 touchdowns, touchdowns, completed 16 to 28 passes, 234 yards, and had a 108 passer rating. Big day for Matt Canada, big day for Kenny Pickett. You walk away from this game. What were your thoughts? I mean, you talk about earning a promotion. Matt Canada, like really showing up the day after he um, gets his kind of mystery promotion. But yeah, it was, and I think the biggest thing was so, Kenny was throwing to a lot of open receivers. I mean, yes. he was completing them, which he hadn't really done a whole lot through the first two weeks. But yeah, this was a team a team effort, you know, uh, between the run game getting going and Kenny being able to hit some open guys, make some good decisions, and then Matt Canada scheming it all open. Um, it was really hard not to be encouraged by what they did. Obviously, the Raiders struggle on defense. They're not the they're not the San Francisco 49ers, but you are going to face more teams that look like the Las Vegas Raiders than you are the San Francisco 49ers. So I think this yes. is re- more reflective of how the Steelers offense could look towards the uh, as the season wears on. I mean, obviously you still have to actually do it, but um, against an NFL defense, they looked good um, and they were efficient and, and they scored some points. And and that's the thing. The bar is The bar is pretty low when you have a defense as good as this. So, you know take this good for what it is and you know, don't, I mean, I would, I would say don't try to overthink it, you know, like don't try to think about, Oh, well, you know, they weren't able to do this against the four Niners. They're going to face, you know, better competition. Like they look good for, for a night. This was progress. Yeah. No one's asking them to, to become the Kansas city chiefs overnight. So take progress for what it is. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you got to look at this and just say, well, it's only week three, you know, and, and, that would be both good or bad. Like we've we've talked we we talked all the way to week one where we said, well, it's only week one. You know, it is what it is. They they look terrible. You have to be honest in your evaluation, but at the same time, you have to take everything about where they are. And right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and one in week heading into week four. That's that's good. That's that's exactly where you'd like to be if you're any team in the National Football League. I'll start with Kenny Pickett. I think Kenny Pickett looked good. He looked better. I want to say better. I don't want to say he looked great. I think there were a lot of times where the game still got away from him. His accuracy was much, much better, which was a huge step forward. There were two really big issues for him coming into this game. That was his accuracy and his composure in the pocket. I still don't think he has the best composure in the pocket. I think he still had happy feet most of the time. There were a lot of them. Like the Max Crosby sack, excuse me, that was on Kenny Pickett. You know, I don't know if he's definitely getting away from that, but he ran straight into that sack, and Chooks had an awful night. I'll give him that one. Chooks, 
you're you're locked in with Chooks for this season, but man, you wish that you were not because that guy just cannot hold his own on the right side. Kenny more than once left the pocket way too early with almost zero pressure. And it showed like when he stayed in the pocket, even when he took a hit, he made a good throw, you know, or he found Calvin Austin or he found George Pickens over the middle. Like those were completions that NFL quarterbacks just make. It's just part of the game. It felt like at times things were still moving too fast for him, but when he could slow it down, and this was the first game that you were able to see that he could actually do that. I thought he played like a good quarterback, like like who Kenny Pickett could be, you know, and that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers need. It's a step in the right direction for sure. It's got to continue to happen, but it's much better than week one and week two with Matt Canada, just like you said, gets a, gets a, a promotion just suddenly out of nowhere. Don't know what happened to Mike Sullivan, but according to the scores, Jordan Schultz, for those who have not heard yet, Matt Canada is taking on a more prominent role with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense and will now work daily with Kenny Pickett in all efforts to improve their quarterback play and improve their offense. The Pittsburgh Steelers are all in on this guy. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Steelers fan base is literally screaming and begging for them to get rid of him at all costs. They're not listening. They're saying, screw you guys. We know what you're doing, even though we haven't been successful in quite some time now. What were your thoughts before we dive into Canada? What were your thoughts when you saw the news of the uh, quote unquote promotion? Um, It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I don't understand how the offensive coordinator can get promoted without becoming like the head coach or yes. the, or like a front office executive. Um, Sounds more like just a, a shuffling of like duties and like, you know, who does what on a daily basis. But I also, I don't, was he not working with Kenny Pickett before? Like, well, I would guess I, I Sullivan really would be like the guy that's with him most of the time. And I guess since you have Mitch, so like usually like a position coach works with the younger guys like that. So like mm-hmm. when Canada was brought in, it wasn't to help Ben. It was to help Mason Rudolph. We all saw how that worked out. Didn't work out very well. Um, Sullivan would probably work with the younger guys, but with Mitch and Mason, the younger guys, Kenny Pickett. So. I don't I have no idea what Mike Sullivan's job is after this one. Like yeah. I just feel like he just replaced Mike Sullivan. Yeah, which okay. I like I don't I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I felt like it was the kind of stuff that Matt Canada probably should have been doing anyway, you know? Like mm-hmm. I don't Yeah. I, I, so I don't really know. Um maybe it was just a show of confidence in Matt, and maybe it was just a, a, a way to say like a public show of support. Um who knows, but it seems to have worked i don't know yeah, like it yeah, right. maybe it worked like it was good for a week um but yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes i, I i'll be interested to i'll be interested interested for someone to actually ask him like hey how does your how does your job change like how is this different now that you've gotten your you know promotion like what what, what do you do differently day to day now that you have a, a theoretically different job so uh, do you want me to answer that because i can answer that for oh, you. oh yeah I yeah, appreciate yeah. The, i appreciate the question that's how he's going to start that off. <laughs> and then he's going to go uh, something like, uh, not much. We're pretty much doing a lot of the same. It's a team effort. This is a group thing. I trust all my coaches. I have full confidence in Kenny Pickett and all of my players. That's probably what I'll say. But I agree with you. Like, I am very interested to see what this promotion is, what this change of, of duties, like you said. Like, you can't be promoted from an offensive corner. I picture it sitting there like the whole offensive meeting is going on, and Mike Tomlin's like, 
All right, we're going to switch things up a little bit. Matt, you're going to start working daily with uh, Kenny Pickett, and then Mike Sullivan's just like, isn't that my job? What are we, uh, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, yeah, I have no idea. But just like you said, it did work. It did work for one week, and I'll say this. Kenny, or uh, the offense as a whole, the issues on the field against the Raiders, almost exclusively the players' fault. Like, yeah. it, it was just execution. There was not a game, or there was not a play call where I sat around and went, eh, that was the wrong call, or that was a poor call. I thought it was all fine. You know, I haven't do- dove into, like, rewatching routes and that type of stuff yet, but for the most part, like, receivers were open. There was a running game. There were issues in the running game, but even, like, you could go as far back as the the fourth or the third and one Connor Hayward rush to start the game. Like, I liked that call. Like, it, it's... Oh, really? I mean, it's not the best call, but like, you know, a like fullback dive on third and one. That's what you do. Like, it's that's an option that you that you that you try out to try to catch guys by surprise. And it didn't work, And I, you know, partially because Connor Hayward is not a real fullback. But I think that if you have like if you have like a Kyle Kuzja or whatever his name is, Juszczyk, I think. Thank you. Back there. I think that's a first down. You know, if you have a good center, I think that's a first down. You know, and yeah. then you come back. And I think the biggest thing is you made in-game adjustments where later you're running a QB sneak there. And you're like, okay, well, the fullback dive didn't work. Let's do a QB sneak. Like, that's huge. We have not seen any of that from Matt Canada yet. Yeah, I think you make a good point about the adjustments. I also do think it helps to have had a some semblance of a running game um, Yes, going on. Like, I don't know. So they, like you said, it started a little slow and, um, you know, it wasn't always perfect, but they made a concerted effort to do it. Um, and once they broke a few of those big runs, then you could see kind of some of the stuff they were talking about. Like it's the play action came off of that. And like, they yes. were able to hit on some big plays. That was huge too. Would have thought. Yeah. Kenny was able to use his legs. I thought more than he has in a long time, um, yes. like really effectively. So, I, I mean, the, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but there was, there were so many of those like little, little milestones that you wanted them to hit, little things that you wanted to see that that gave you a little bit of confidence that this could that this could work, that this could be serviceable. Cause like I said, the the bar is kind of low when you're when you're aided by a defense that, that that is this good or has been this good for at least the first three weeks of the season. You don't have to be complete world beaters to be a, a competent offense and to and to get this team to a really good spot. That's what I'm saying. We, what what did we we've said it for two games now. You hold a team to under 20 points in Pittsburgh, you're expected to win. Or if you score more than 20 points, you're expected to win. 23 to 18. That is a perfect example of what the Pittsburgh Steelers mantra is. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers defense right now is ridiculous. And yeah, they don't have the best cornerback group, but Joey Porter, I thought looked good. And we'll dive into those guys here in a moment. But the offense did enough where one, the defense was not exhausted by the end of the game. Nobody was getting hurt just because of fatigue issues. Um, you allowed guys like TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith was kind of nowhere to be found, but I, I think that was more game plan than anything. And you allowed these guys to to eat, you know, to to stay to stay rested and to be able to go out there and make it a huge impact. All you have to do is be an offense that doesn't lose a football game. And the Pittsburgh Steelers did that. I think Matt Canada for the first time tried not to be a coordinator who went out and just scored 80 points, you know? Like, he was just like, all right, let's just score 20 points. Like, you know, let's just see what happens, work the ball down the field, we'll be good, you know, no need. Uh, that's That was my biggest thing, is for the first time this season, 
you watched a running play not go anywhere. You watched a bad pass or a bad play from Kenny Pickett. And the next play was not something ridiculous to like change the, the tide or, you know, to get things rolling. Like it was just like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let's just call another normal play and we'll be, we'll be fine instead of an end around or a jet sweep or a, a pitch, you know, although that pitch to Jalen Warren, I don't remember what quarter it was, but the one where they literally, Kenny snaps the ball, pitches it backwards, straight backwards. Jalen hasn't even moved yet. And then he runs. And I went, what, what was that, man? What, what, what are we doing? That was as bad as the uh, Najee Harris. It was like, a, it was, I want to say it was a draw, but I have, it didn't look like a draw, but it was the slowest, slowest developing run of all time. Uh, there were a couple of those, but. You had those moments, and then you'd come back, and you'd just be like, okay, let's just throw a pass over the middle, and yep. everything will be fine. Just get six yards, and yep. you know that's a huge step for Matt Canada. You have faith in Matt Canada right now? Yeah. I mean, I think I've – I don't know. I, I think yeah. I've always kind of been not as low on Matt Canada as everyone else was. I thought yeah. – like, especially this year, like, watching those first two games, I was like, a lot of this feels – like execution, you know, like the like players not really execute, like players execute, and this looks a lot like. I mean, that's obvious, but it looks a lot better than than it does. But and I think you saw that this last night too, just the ability to stay on schedule with like a decent run game, um, that like opened up a lot of things for them. Um, so I I think I I do have con- yeah, fuck it yeah I I do have confidence in Matt Canada. Like I do think that he he is capable of doing what the Steelers need, you know, like it's not, yeah. I don't know. I, I I've never been as low on this guy. I think as a lot of people are. Um, and I think that he's proven that once the kind of tide rises and the players execute at the level that they need to, that this is a scheme that can work. Uh, I don't think he's the best off on He's no, he's no Sean McVay or anything, but doesn't have to be. Yeah. I look at, I, I will give you, I'll agree with you. And I'll say that I do. Everybody should give you props because you have, like, as I asked it, I was like, yeah, Steven has, he's definitely been possibly the only one in Pittsburgh who's rode with Matt Canada through, like, even dating back to last season was a lot of, like, eh, yeah, well, Kenny kind of stinks, or, like, the offensive line stinks, or, like, this is, it. like, you know, you've definitely, you've yeah, definitely it, been it, a Matt Canada, I don't want to say supporter, but. No, let's, yeah, don't, don't say ugly yeah, things. Yeah, I'm not going like to, that, that, yeah, yeah, no, nah, <laughs> just, you know, somebody who, you haven't jumped the gun on the guy as much as many others and if it if it works out i think that somehow some way you know there's got to be a t-shirt with your face on it or something that yeah, said I like, like i be- i believed yeah i get like bit. key to i get key to the city or something like that <laughs> key to matt canada's farm in north carolina or wherever oh, he's from I'd, I'd take that yeah. yeah i'd take that over the city of pittsburgh like what's sit? you know you're just here anyways you might as well just hang yeah. out what's a key yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah i agree huge uh huge day for matt canada i think that he answered a call for from a challenge from mike tomlin that very much so needed to be to be answered same with Kenny Pickett we'll see how that how that works moving forward we'll dive into our belief in this team in a little bit but first I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Levi Wallace. 
Patrick Peterson. Huge, huge circles. Red flashing lights on them early in this game. Fans were losing their minds on social media about how bad both of these guys were. And then Levi Wallace comes up with two interceptions, including a game winner. And Patrick Peterson comes up with an interception of his own. All forced by TJ Watt, except for the last one, I believe. Um, big game for both of them. You uh, you got thoughts on on these cornerbacks and whether or not Pittsburgh Steelers fans should be freaking out or feel a little confident in uh, in who they got back there? Um, I wouldn't say freak out. Okay. Um, but man, like there's just this. It, the secondary is like the the corners specifically are unser- like uh, n- without a doubt the weakest part of a really good defense. Um, yeah, that's like a you know part of that's just how good everyone else has been. But may, like it just getting run straight past like a lot of times, and I, I thought a lot of these interceptions, Jimmy G gave him some help. I like you said, TJ yes. Watt gave him some help. Like they. They they were in good situations to make those plays, and they made those plays, so you got to give them credit for that. But um, I'm still a little concerned about the corners. Um, you just think about uh, them having to go up against, like, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and, uh, yeah. like, that stuff. That stuff worries me. Um, I mean, even I think what, like, Seattle's going to give you in, you know, later in the season, like, they've got, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of good receivers on this, on this schedule. So I think I worry about that. Um, but I also think that, the Steelers can help them out with, you know, a little bit better. Like, cause, oh, so like, I think about really early in the game, uh, Joey Porter came on for Levi Wallace and he was covering Devonte Adams and Joey didn't have to do much to, to force an incompletion against Adams. Cause he had help over the top. Like yep. you have to know when a team has one really great receiver. Okay. Let's not just leave Levi Wallace out on an Island against Devonte Adams. Who's yeah. one of, if not the best receivers in the league. Like let's, Let's help him out. Let's like let's be realistic about what Levi Wallace is able to do and what he's capable of and who he's playing against, and let's not make him look bad on his you know because Levi yeah. Wallace just cannot cover a receiver like that for an entire game. No. Um, is so I think it's a it's a mix of you know I I think Levi Wallace is Levi Wallace and you know who that is. So at that point it becomes on it, it falls to the coaching staff and to the defensive play caller to give him some help and be realistic about your personnel. Yeah, I look at I agree. I agree. I think that you know who like just like you said, you know who Levi Wallace is. In my opinion, Levi Wallace is a phenomenal like cornerback three who could be a cornerback two if you need him to be. Patrick Peterson's probably in that same boat. You those are your starters and you got to deal with it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, this is where the challenge comes in because for one side, and you have to mention this because just like you said, Devontae Adams might be the best wide receiver in football. He's, you know, I think he doesn't get the respect that he deserves most of the time when people are talking about the great wide receivers in football. There should be nobody in there. There is like maybe five corners in the league that you, if they consistently got beat by Devonta Adams, you could judge them for it. The rest of them, you're like, okay, well, like, what are you, what are you supposed to do against this guy? Like, you're playing the hardest position in football against probably the best guy at the position that you have to cover, like. Nearly impossible. But just like you said, you have to be able to utilize the players around you to make Levi Wallace and Patrick Peterson suitable. And you could do that. You know, the Steelers have won in the past with 
a really strong defensive front and just like a do enough defensive secondary. You know, they've never had outside of Ike Taylor there. There was no cornerback that came through Pittsburgh that probably is a long term starter on another team before like Joe Hayden, you know, or Steven Nelson. But before that, when it was the Ike Taylor, Brian McFadden, the Ike Taylor, you know, William Gay, the Ike Taylor, Ross Cockrell days, you know, there was there 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 was never a cornerback too. There was never like that superstar. And later in Gay and Taylor's career, there was really nobody. And uh, they just won straight with their safeties and their defensive front. They were able to force bad passes and have help over the middle. And that's what they need to do. They have make a Fitzpatrick. KZ is a phenomenal cover safety. Like, utilize him as much as you can. And, you know, Keanu Neal's not bad either. Like, you could, you could find ways to do that. But, yeah, you're right. You have to not freak out because it's who you are. It's who you're stuck with. You have to hope Joey Porter develops. And at the same time, you have to find a way to remove as much pressure from these guys as possible. Otherwise, you're going to continue to beat. And just like you said, like the list is ridiculous. Like you, you know, at some point you're probably going to play OBJ. You're going to play. I mean, uh, what's his name in L.A. is ridiculous right now. That rookie. Oh, Puka Nakua. Yeah. You play him in three weeks. You got uh, Calvin Ridley. You got DeAndre Hopkins. You got, you know, possibly Christian Watson if he's healthy. Amari Mm. Cooper again. All of Cincinnati. You know, you got Marquise Brown at some point. Does New England have wide receivers? Is that a a position that they play? Oh, they have Juju Smith-Buster. Yeah, yeah. yeah, There you go. I wouldn't really worry about him, but yeah. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. There are names out there, outside of New England, obviously, that you you have to... uh, that you have to worry about, and you gotta you gotta be able to uh, to work around that. Yeah, and I think you make a good point about it. Seems like they are just kind of counting on Joey Porter Jr. getting better and better as the season goes along, which it seems like he he has yes. at least so far. I mean, he was he wasn't in very much last night, but he was he was good every time he was in, did his job. Um, so I think that's another uh, that's a reason for optimism. I guess I would say is that yes, you know you can you can see Joey making strides and there's a world where he, he gets to the point where he can be a real contributor and then you can move Patrick Peterson around a little bit more and, and just gives you more options in that secondary. So yeah, I mean, you kind of count on just being able to do enough until Joey's ready for that challenge and ready to be kind of a, a bigger, a a bigger contributor and more of a full-time guy. Yeah, I agree. So last night, Joey Porter played 38% of the defensive snaps, 27 compared to, I'm trying to find them here. Are there other people here? Oh, here they are. Here's the starters. Patrick Peterson <laughs> played 99% of the Steelers' defensive snaps, 71 snaps, and Levi Wallace played 93-67. Like, you got to develop Joey Porter a little bit quicker. You know, you got to just toss him in the fire a little bit more. Who cares if he's ready? Put him out there. He's made plays. Stop. Like, if he doesn't make plays, cool. You tossed Kenny Pickett out there and said, hey, man, Eat. You know, get eaten yeah. by the wolves and fight your way back. And it hasn't worked out the greatest, but if you're going to do that with a quarterback, you got to do that with a corner. Like, yeah. you got to toss him out there a little bit more. You got to look for some help. I think he's got potential too. So at this point, you know, there's there's really nothing holding him back. Like, work him in there a little bit more and, and just, just see what happens. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here. Went through the offense, went through the defense, went through Matt Canada's. Really succeeding for the first time in, in a long time in Pittsburgh. 
like we said, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two and one. They sit first place in the AFC North. If the season ended right now, they'd be the second team, second place in the AFC. I don't know who they'd play, but Buffalo. second, they'd play Buffalo in the playoffs. That would be okay. which. Yeah, <laughs> Josh Allen would throw five interceptions in that game. I can yeah, almost possibly. guarantee it. That is that's huge. That is that is a real possibility. Buffalo in the playoffs not really as scary as Buffalo during the regular season. How confident are you in this Pittsburgh Steelers team right now? Did you see this coming? And uh, I mean, really, just are, are they a team that you could believe in? Are this Pittsburgh Steelers a team that you could believe in right now? Well, yeah. So I mean, so this ended up being a a one score win last night, but I thought it was much more convincing than that. I thought they really thoroughly outplayed a team that was not as good as them. Um, and so, as a result, I mean, I think they took care of business, like I said, against a team that they are better than them, and that's what that's what good teams do. I I don't think I, – I think you definitely had wavering confidence after the 49ers game. It was a little bit lessened after the Browns game because you thought the, the defense played really well, but that just kind of seemed like a repeat of last year. This was different, I thought. Um, I thought this week did a lot to kind of get me back to the point where – Get me back to where I was kind of during training camp and yeah. where I thought that this team that was not only capable of making a playoff run and probably should yep. uh, make it to the playoffs, but also capable of making a run within those playoffs. And I think I'm kind of back to that point a little bit. Um, you know, it's early. You don't want to swing too far, uh, too far, too back, uh, too far one way or the other after three weeks. But yeah, I think everything we've seen so far kind of confirms what, a lot of what we thought about this team during training camp that they would it would be a process on offense. You know, there would still be some kind of growing pains, but the defense is still elite and the schedule is still manageable, manageable. And you're still in a division that's super competitive and super wide open. So I don't think my expectations have, you know, dipped a little bit beginning of the season, yeah. but, but we're back to, I think where we were kind of right before that 49ers game. Yeah, I agree. I, if anything, I think that maybe we got a little too high there at the end. You yeah. know, a little too high at just before the regular season. You know, it went from reasonable expectations. And I thought we managed those reasonable expectations very well. Like every time we talked about a Super Bowl, we mentioned how like, OK, it's not it's it's not their year, but the year could be coming and the pieces are in place to get this train rolling. And then just before the season, it was like, yeah, maybe the Pittsburgh, they might be that team, man. They can pull this off. And then week one came and you're just like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Now we're good. And uh, now we're back to the middle ground. Just like you said, like a team that if I had to guess, I'd still say they're a winning team this season. I still think they're, they could pull off 10 plus wins. I still think they're a playoff team. I still think they could compete for the AFC North. And the fact that Joe Burrow might end up on IR and miss four games is huge. The fact that the Baltimore Ravens fell to the Indianapolis Colts, who who might be good, but also the Baltimore Ravens might just have question marks. Huge. You know, the Cleveland Browns, they won by like 20 points yesterday. And still the only highlight that I have seen anywhere on social media is Deshaun Watson throwing a pass backwards to a running back and it becoming a fumble. There are concerns there, and you already have a game on those guys. I I agree. I think that when you ask, are the Steelers real? Are the Steelers back? Yes, they're back to where they were 
in Ju- the beginning of July, right before training camp. That's where they are. Um, can they finish first place in the AFC North? Yeah, I think that's a really strong possibility right now. And I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but I mean, the, the fall of the Cincinnati Bengals is significant because that was the only right. team that was a real serious, like almost unbeatable threat to them coming into the season. But, you know, if I'm going to call... Now, oh, God. Well, don't, don't the Bengals now have two losses in the division? Like they've already played a third of their AFC because they lost to the Browns and the Ravens, right? I don't think they played the... Yeah, they played the Ravens week two, didn't they? Did they? Am I making that up? You might be. Uh, you might be making that up because I don't think the Ravens have played a. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, they lost to the Browns yeah. and the Ravens. Yeah. So like, they're 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 way behind the eight ball already. Like I think every, so. Everyone else has a division win already, except for the except for the Browns or except for the the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like that's. So even better, you know, the, the Bengals are way behind the eight ball right now. And you're looking at the situation and you're saying, oh, this is all manageable. You know, this is as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot, which is very possible. Everything's Can't have injuries good. either. Can't have injuries, but that's, you know. But I mean, even, yeah, I mean, even Cam Hayward's going to be out for a while, but I don't Deontay think. Deontay Johnson's def- out. Like, yeah, I don't think the defensive line missed a, skipped a beat and the offense looked way better like this yeah. week. Not like not saying they're better without Deontay Johnson, but like they. Yeah. But they, they have the pieces, things, like, you know. Yeah, they have yeah, the yeah. they have the George Pickens, they have the Calvin Austin. You know, the, those those options are those options and actually a, look good. Go ahead, yeah, sorry. and they had a well, yeah, and they had a sorry, no, you're good. Um, and they had a run game too. Like I think that's yes. huge too. Like they're finally figuring that out, and that that changes a lot of things for them. Yeah, exactly. Like this, the things are flowing. It's the it's the right time to be in the right direction. I mean, are the are they real? I don't know. We'll find out. But for right now, you got to feel pretty good about where the uh where the pittsburgh steelers are with that we're heading out of here thank you guys so much for spending your victory morning our victory monday morning with us we very appreciate it make sure to check us out on youtube.com slash all steelers talk subscribe anywhere that you get your podcast find all of the game recap and uh josh mcdaniel's hilarious answer to why he kicked the field goal instead of tried to score a touchdown at the end of the game at all steelers.com and as Pitt prepares to bounce back from North Carolina in a game that uh they they look pretty good in. Got to uh got to give Phil a little bit of a little bit of credit there. Was uh oh, let me ask this before we leave here. The booze for Phil coming out of the game. Louder than uh the booze for the Steelers offense or anywhere close? Oh, no, no. Well, I mean it was like there were way more people at Steelers game than than this If you had game. to compare um, size like oh, crowd. Per, yeah, per capita noise. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was it was pretty loud for Phil because it was like it was pretty early in pregame. It was maybe a half hour until kickoff, and it was like just the students there. Oh, but man, gosh. it was it was it was loud. And then he, I thought he played really well in that in that first half. Like it was, and then he gets knocked out with a concussion, which is unfortunate. But yeah, that is it unfortunate. Was, so, but yeah. yeah, it was it was it was pretty loud. People are people real into the. Panarduzzi really hit something on the head with the Boo City thing, man. He... Boo City, man. The Steelers, uh, the Steelers tweeted out last night. They said uh, Win City, leaving Win City, yeah. and I went, "Oh, I don't think they meant to do that, but they did it." And it's gonna be, it's oh, gonna was... be all all year long. I know because it's Sin City, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Boo City. I know, yeah. I know, but it's <laughs> Boo City. It's always Boo City. All right, with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much. Enjoy another beautiful day in the Berg. Peace.